Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a marriage proposal and a funny attitude. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. It's not hard to not love the way our country is going. And I'm not saying from the right or from the left, but it's really easy to say, hey, there are a lot, a lot of problems right now that that are coming to the forefront of the conversation, which is great. I mean, they're not going to get fixed if, if we don't talk about them, we don't address them. But there are a lot of issues that are that are flying around on a regular basis that that are kind of stunning. And it seems like it's been like this for a long time. It, a really long time. There as long as I've been alive, there have been there have been really impactful system-wide problems that that people have been trying to knock down but just seem to be eluding people. When I was when I was really young, when I was uh, I was a kid of the '80s, right? We had massive economic problems. We had massive inflation. We had, actually had stagflation, where the prices of things went up, but people's wages stayed static, and that's a huge problem, right? There was all this criticism of of the the way people were living and the economic policies has led to it, but it was really hard to figure out what to do about it. And then you get into the '90s, and you know the AIDS virus is everywhere, and you know, it's not like I was interacting with it a lot, but I remember these large problems. I remember hearing about it and watching movies when I was a teenager in the '90s. I was actually thinking about the the MTV show The Real World. It was the, like the first reality television show, and one of the guys on The Real World had AIDS, and he ended up passing away, passing away from AIDS during the show, which was which was a really big thing at the time. I think I was 14 or 15. I remember seeing that and just being blown away. And again, people were saying like, why aren't people doing more? Or why aren't people doing this? And, and there were a lot of things like that. My brother's gay and gay marriage was another one of those things that I feel like haunted, haunted our, our communities and society for a long time. And I understand both sides I understand both sides. I obviously was an advocate for for people being able to marry whoever they wanted, but I respect people who said, "Hey, you know, I really thought that marriage should be should be a thing between a man and a woman." And and I talked to my brother about this once. I talked to him about it because he was a very critical person uh, and saying, you know, like, "Well, this is happening and this is happening and this is happening." And in talking to him, I realized that the vast majority of people, when they talk about issues, do just that. They talk about the issues. They talk about a speech somebody made, you know, like Newsom saying this or saying that. They talk about a policy that's in place and they're not happy about it. They talk about, uh, they talk about a myriad of things, okay? And that's, that's what they do. So I decided to ask my brother, instead of telling me what the problems are, how should we solve these problems? Because we have these problems. We have these issues. How do we resolve them? And I was a teenager at the time. I remember asking him and he said, well, you know, I think, I think there's, there are problems with the language. I was like, what do you mean language? 
He was like, well, you know, does it have to be marriage or can it be domestic partner or can all these things? And I said, oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. And the, then I kind of pushed him a little more. I'm like, okay, so there are problems with the language. So, like, what do we do? He's like, well, you know, the, it's the difficult aspect of this is that, you know, these people think this and these people think this and you're not really, you're not really appeasing any party by, by doing what we're already doing. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But wait, what do we do? And I never got a straight answer because my brother knew at the time that there was whatever answer he gave, whatever solution he gave, he's like, you should do this. There were going to be holes in it. There were going to be problems with it. And I've been thinking about this attitude a lot lately. I've been thinking about this, this idea that, you know, we all should talk about the issues and issue after issue after issue. But what I've realized is almost no one will propose an actual solution because if they were to propose a solution, they know they would likely disagree with the solution. And what I mean by that is you, you say, hey, look, let's look at gay marriage, all right? And I know people can get married and that's wonderful. But let's say this was before it, okay? And you're trying to make everyone happy, okay? How do you make everyone happy? If that's your stated goal, you can't do it. There were going to be some people that are going to be not happy with the outcome, no matter what. And so people that are afraid of taking a position, people are worried about taking a position that will not be appealing to everyone, obviously can't even put out a position because they they themselves would disagree with it. And I've started realizing this is like everything. It's like everything that we're dealing with politically. People are like, well, you know, I don't like this or I don't like that. Okay, what do we do? What's the right thing to do? Take systemic racism, right? People have been talking about this a lot in Black Lives Matter. Well, what do we do? We can march. We can talk about the problem. We can say there is a problem. What do we do? Well, we can, we can help people see their own inherent participation. Okay, fine. What, what can we do though? Because we're just talking about the problem. We're talking about people don't really see it and maybe they see it, but then what do we do? Right? How, th- that's not going to help if, if somebody in Danville, like a teenager in Danville decides, okay, I have slightly racist tendencies or inherent biases or, or things like that, whatever it is that they, they want to say. How is that going to fix our national problem? Right, the real disparities that we have. I have African American adopted siblings. How is that going to change the fact that they're more likely to get pulled over just by one person here? Now I know maybe it's a small step in the right direction and wonderful. I'm all for that. I like steps in the right direction. God bless them. But I feel like it's more just talking about talking about the problem instead of having a real idea. And that's really upsetting when you think about it. It's really upsetting to realize that the vast majority of people are too afraid to propose an actual solution or a course of action because they themselves don't have a solution or course of action that would work. What they have is a grievance. What they have is an angle on why they're not happy with the world. What they don't have is any meaningful 
or even realistic solution to it. They just want to talk about why they're not happy. How does that help us? Yes, we need to identify people that, uh, that have grievances and, and people have a right to talk about those. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when talking about the issue sucks all of the energy in the conversation away from actually resolving the issue, how does that help us? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's like people substituting real action for, you know, posting on Facebook or, or Instagram or doing something like that. It's like, look, that's not really doing a lot. It's, it, yeah, fine. It's more than nothing, but it's not really, really doing a lot. And I, th- I thought about this and I thought about my own actions as of late and the way, the way I've talked about problems or concerns I have for the country or my family or anything in my community. And I've really come to realize that it's not bad to air out that there's an issue. But before you bring it up a second and a third and a fourth time, if you haven't thought about a solution if you haven't thought about a way to actually address the problem, that maybe you're going to say, look, I know I brought this up the other day. I'm just really happy about this. And this is what I think could work. If you're not even willing to risk somebody saying your solution is, is imperfect or ill-formed, then you're not really doing anything. You're not part of the solution. You're just perpetuating the problem. We need to start finding solutions, not continuing to talk about how there are problems. Because if we started finding solutions, instead of continuing to just talk about problems, we might have fewer problems. That's what we need to focus on. I'm Matt Todd, and this is Union That Drives Me. Go out and crush it.